In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God in uh, The Sunday School uh, coordinator actually communicate with so many people. He communicates with the fathers, the priests of the church, he communicates with the bishop, he communicates with the servants, he communicates with the students, he communicates with the families of the students and maybe the families of the servants, he communicates with the Sunday school as a, as a pre-servant, maybe other churches around him. I'm not going to speak about uh, proper communication because I'm sure all of you, you know the principles of proper communication. But I will speak mainly about challenges in communication in service. How sometimes when we communicate in service, we face some challenges. And I will take all these challenges from the scripture. Because we can see among the apostles, who are the leaders of the church, challenges happened and conflict happened uh, among them. And let us see how they handled these challenges. As St. Paul said, all these things that were written, were written for our edification. And also, I think when we see the fathers, the apostles, had conflict with, you know, with each other, in a way, give us some peace in our heart, not just to encourage them to have conflict, <laughs> but actually if we find we are ourselves in a conflict, we don't feel or we don't fall into despair that the surface is bad and there is no hope in uh, rectifying the surface in this church and so on. I think the first challenge is the power struggle. Power struggle. And we can see the power struggle sometimes between two priests, uh, sometimes between the priest and Sunday school coordinator or with the deacon's coordinator, uh, especially when there is a Sunday school coordinator for a long time in the church and a new priest is ordained. So many of the times uh, Satan will attack the new priest with the insecurity. Who will be who will have the final word in the church? Is it the Sunday school coordinator or me? And challenges or, or conflict start to arise and power struggle between the priest and the uh, Sunday school coordinator. Or it can happen between the servants and Sunday school coordinator. For example, servants are serving for a long time in the church. And then somebody moved recently to this church. And uh, Avona saw this person uh, is so equipped uh, so he can be Sunday school coordinator. So when he appoint him as Sunday school coordinator, all the servants who are old in this church, uh, they are serving so, so many years, they start to, so, who is this new person? 
that Apuna appointed, uh, and they say, didn't he find among us anyone suitable for this service to appoint this person from outside? Anyway, there are many, many scenarios about power struggle in uh, the service. And if we don't handle the power struggle rightly, it ends in division. So people will support this person, and people will support this person. And once we have division, then, as the Lord said, a house divided against itself, uh, it will be desolate. That's why we need to avoid power struggle. And Abu Yunan in his lectures this morning said how King Solomon knew the true mother. The true mother is the one who compromised her own son in order not to divide him. So the true father or the true son, the school coordinator, who actually <coughs> work for the unit of the church more than whether my word will be done or I have the final word or Abuna will have the final word. And in the scripture, we have many examples of the power struggle. But the famous example confined in Matthew chapter 20, starting from verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, granted that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on left in your kingdom. Then the Lord told her, to sit on my right hand and my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my father. What was the reaction of the ten? When the ten heard it, heard it they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. And some tension started to arise between them. How, how the Lord handled this? He told them, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for me. When you get into power struggle, ask yourself why I'm insisting on my opinion. Is it because the betterment of the service or because of my ego and my pride? Am I upset because Abuna is not giving me the proper prestige among the servants? Is it is it because of my ego or because of the servants? A very interesting thing, power struggle can happen even after communion, even after we attend the divine liturgy and take communion. In Luke chapter 22, after the Lord gave them 
his body and his blood. Luke chapter 22, verse 24. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. So it happened during when the mother of uh, John and James said to the Lord, let one sit on my right hand and other sit on my left hand. But when they saw the royal entry into Jerusalem, until now they did not understand. They thought Jesus will be an earthly king. So another dispute happened among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And again the Lord said the same answer. The king of the Gentiles exercised lordship over them and those who exercise authority over them uh, are called benefactors, but not so among you on the contrary. What I'm trying to say here, if the tension happened once or twice or three times, don't give up. Here we have the apostles, the, the leader of Christianity in the whole world. They have a dispute even after they took communion. So be patient and know that through humbleness and through taking the last seat and putting the betterment of the service, number one, not me, this actually will help the power struggle. The second uh, conflict is regarding the evaluation of the servants. Um, And we have a story here actually that we can learn from it so many different lessons. Uh, For example, Abuna can evaluate a person uh, good to be, to, to serve. But you as Sunday school coordinator, you have your own concern. And then a conflict will happen between both both of you about this. So, how can you resolve this issue? Uh, We have the story of Barnabas and Paul. When actually they disputed and had a conflict among them for the evaluation of the service of St. Mark. Uh, St. Paul uh, considered that St. Mark is not a good servant because in the first missionary trip he left them at Bamphylia and did not continue the first missionary trip. So he refused to take him in the second missionary trip. Barnabas had a different opinion between uh, about St. Mark. And in, in the same mark, Jan is young and now he's trained. So let's give him a second chance. Maybe he has an excuse when he left them from Pamphylia. So Barnabas insisted that Mark uh, is a good person and we need to give him another chance. And maybe there was a bias uh, toward Mark since Barnabas was his uncle. Unfortunately, they were not able to solve this conflict. And as we read in Acts chapter 15, verse 39, then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another, and so Barnabas took Mark 
and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Uh, here, actually, some mutual understanding and the idea of giving a second chance and a third chance to a servant is very, very important. I'm sure all of us, in certain situation, we were granted second or third chance. I want to imagine one of these scenarios in your life. For example, you, you made a mistake in, in your job, or when you were a student, you made a mistake, and you asked for a second chance, and it was granted to you. What if you were not granted second chance? Maybe you will not, you wouldn't have a job until now. Maybe you didn't graduate through school, etc. So the idea of giving a second and third chance to the students and try to make like programs to improve them. For example, if Abuna said or you said, this is not qualified. The answer is not just to fire him, tell him leave the service. You know, in the companies, when they see a person in his evaluation is not doing good, actually they bring a mentor to train this person uh, and, and try to work with him to improve himself. And believe me, many, many people in the companies actually benefit from this, benefit from getting a second chance. And for the company, the company actually benefited also because they did not lose this employee. We need to have this mindset also in the church. And we need to consider giving a second and a third and a fourth chance. But just fourth chance, don't just say, I'm giving you a second chance. And that's it. No. Make a program. Choose a mentor to him to help him. Try to train him. St. Mark that St. Paul said, no, he cannot go with me second trip because he took another chance. He came to Egypt and he became our father and he brought Christianity to the end of Egypt. And St. Paul himself changed his opinion about St. Mark in his second letter to uh, Timothy. He told him, brought my, my, my son Mark my son, Mark, because he is beneficial to me in service, in ministry. So he changed his opinion about St. Mark. So try to give a second chance and a third chance with training program. Also in this story, the same story, we can see here the يعني مي سان بول ان بارنابس بوسو زي يعني فورجيف مي فور انا لايف ستوري كان سير ذا ستوبرنس اند ذا انويلنجنس تو ييلد سان بول يو نو انسيستد اون هيز اوبينيون بارنابس انسيستد اون هيز اوبينيون اند ذي وير نوت ايبل تو كم انتو كومبرومايز ذي وير نوت ايبل تو كم انتو middle ground. Actually, in James uh, chapter uh, 3, when St. James's book about heavenly wisdom, 
verse 17 he said but the wisdom that's from above is first pure then peaceable gentle but then what did he say willing to yield willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits yes when it comes to doctrine no don't yield but many administrative issues sometimes we have tension because we are very opinionated we are not willing to yield and this actually can cause conflict uh, some people you describe them you told this person is easygoing person and everyone loves to deal with him he's flexible he's willing to yield he's not stubborn he's not so opinionated i think being stubborn or so opinionated can be a big big challenge to uh, communication in the service so let us acquire this heavenly wisdom that make us willing to yield when it is needed also another problem we can see it in the same conflict between Paul and, and Barnabas why uh, Paul refused to take Mark with him because he saw that Mark is not committed and I think usually the issue of commitment and dedication comes frequent time in in our uh, servants meeting uh, and here actually uh, we need to study the situation if if i have uh, servants not committed and again the the solution is not actually to fire them or to ask them to leave the service uh, we need to, to see what are the reasons why they are not committed and maybe what we demand from them is not practical and and we need actually to find a good balance let me give you two stories one uh, Bob Shenouda told us when he was a Sunday school servant he gave a beautiful lesson about how to keep the Lord the day of the Lord holy Sunday and then after he gave this wonderful lesson he asked the class who is coming this Sunday to the liturgy and nobody raised his hand I was greatly disappointed after يعني, speaking them about 40 minutes about how the day of the Lord should be kept holy none and then they asked him why I have to work on Sunday to provide with my family because يعني, they are poor something like that one said my mother is sick and I have to with her I cannot leave her so Sayyidina Baba I learned a lesson on that day not only to prepare a lesson that's very powerful but maybe not practical but you need to address the needs you need to understand their real life 
So when you give them a lesson, you will have solution about their uh, challenges in life. And that's why we need to listen to them. We need to see what are their challenges. Otherwise, our lecture will be, has nothing to do with the real life. Uh, another story happened with me last year in June. There was a convention in New Jersey. Uh, and Amba Rafael and David were there and I was there. And they gave me موضوع على الهوموسيكشواليتي وانا I prepared يعني الموضوع ده from references from statistics from everything to make يعني make sure ان انا I send the message clear it is sin and cannot be accepted the sin of homosexuality I'm not speaking about the people speak about the sin and after I, you know, I finished the lecture and I was kind of happy with myself, you know, I gave a very good talk. And I heard so many times when you speak about homosexuality, you try to convince us how it is sin. I know it is sin, but I'm struggling with it. I hope in your lecture you address to us how to overcome homosexuality. فأنا يعني ابتديت أفكر صح يعني most of the time when we speak about homosexuality we try to convince the people that homosexuality is sin but very rare I'm speaking about myself when I speak about homosexuality يعني I give up what what you should do if you are struggling with homosexuality what I'm trying to say San Marco was not committed was not dedicated he left from Benfili. Of course, we don't know what are the reasons why he did not. But do we understand what are the reasons? Do we understand the real life of our children, our servants? As a a coordinator, before you make rules and enforce the rules and say you did not attend a servant meeting for three consecutive times, then you are kicked out, you cannot serve anymore. Before doing this, did you understand the real life or not? That's again uh, a very important element in communication. You need to understand the real life, the real challenges for each servant. And you cannot do this unless you go and visit him, spend time with him, ask him about what he is going through. So you can understand what are the challenges that he is facing. Another Contention happened, but this regarding the, the doctrine and the dogma. Uh, and you can see how uh, St. Paul, when it comes to doctrine and, and dogma, he did not yield. There was a dispute about how to accept the Gentiles. And this dispute was solved in the Council of Jerusalem, Acts chapter 15. So there was a resolution from the Council of Jerusalem. But St. Paul found something. When Peter went to Antioch in Syria, uh, 
he was actually eating and sitting with the Gentiles. But when some Jews came from Jerusalem to Antioch, he started not to eat with the Gentiles and to separate himself from them. And many Jews, when they saw Peter doing this, they started to do this. Even Barnabas did this. As we read uh, in Galatians chapter 2, starting from verse 11, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, James the, the bishop of Jerusalem, so people, certain men came from James, Jews came from James, from Jerusalem, uh, to Antioch. So Peter and was concerned that now he is not keeping the Jewish law, etc. So Peter would, and before these people came, Peter would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So he was not even a good example here, or a role model. He, he led the Jews actually to be hypocrite. So that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Here we can see St. Paul became so sharp. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles, and when there is no Jews around you, live as the Gentiles and not as the Jews. <coughs> Why do you compel Gentiles to live as the Jews? Etc. So, many times actually, we need, when there is a, a dispute about doctrine or about dogmas of the church, we need to, to speak the truth but in love. As St. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, speaking the truth in love. Because some people actually maybe speak out of ignorance. And when you teach them, they will be corrected. When I came to America, I didn't know what is the right term uh, for the change of the bread and wine into the body and the blood. So I used, I looked at the dictionary and I found the term transubstantiation. So I started to use this term. And if you listen to lectures to me, maybe in 95 or 96, you'll find me, I am using this term. I used it out of ignorance. But when later on, I think I used it one time before Sayyidina Ambassarabin or whatever. So he told me it's a Catholic term. We don't use this term. And he explained to me uh, that in, in our church, we look at it as a mystery. That's why we don't describe the process. We don't describe how the bread and wine are changing into the body and the blood. So we use change. في العربي في سر التقدمة نقول وينقلهما. So to change them. 
uh, and uh, he, yani, when explained to me is the transubstantiation and then how the Lutheran church used the term consubstantiation, etc. So yes, I was using a wrong term, a theologically wrong, but I used it out of ignorance. And when yani, somebody taught me, uh, I corrected it. So sometimes people use theological uh, or, or yani, explain something theologically wrong out of ignorance. Just take the time to explain to them. And they will be convinced. And they, they will correct what they said. So don't just yani, get heated up, try bad to, to, to take yani, a severe action against this person. But at the end, if you find a person is very, very stubborn and opinionated um, and and he doesn't want to accept the uh, true uh, theology, maybe you can discuss with Abuna, you can discuss with Sayyidna, etc. Uh, so we see what is the best decision we can make. But what I'm telling you, sometimes there is a conflict that happened between some school coordinator and one of the servants, maybe because of theology, but we need to be alert and consider that this dispute can be just out of ignorance. And maybe this is opportunity to teach. Uh, another challenge in, in the service, when you have different parties, and this was in Corinth. In Corinth, St. Paul found there are different parties there. People say, who are the children of Paul, Apollos, Peter, and Christ. So even Paul did not actually, uh, or was not become biased to people who are saying, who are children of Paul. He kept his neutrality. And he told them, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or you were baptized in the name of Paul? And even people who said we are the children of Paul or we follow the school of Paul, Paul refused this. And he told them, no, I'm not crucified. I was not crucified for you. You were not baptized in my name. Christ is not divine. Because sometimes it makes us happy when we have a support group or fan on uh, the Facebook or social media, uh, the children of so-and-so or fans of so-and-so. Actually, all of us should be uh, disappearing so Christ can be the center of our, our service. But unfortunately, sometimes in churches, you can find two schools in the church. School of Abuna Flan or Abuna Flan, or School of Abuna and some school coordinator, etc. And instead of complementing one another, they clash with one another. Having two schools should not clash with one another, but should complement with one another. 
there are definitely different schools in service, different schools. This doesn't mean your school is the only right school. But there are different schools in service. Don't clash with other person who, has, who come from different school. The challenge here, how instead of clashing with one another, how to complement one another when there are different schools. Another challenge is the challenge between gifts. And I think one of the scenarios that you will discuss is about choir and uh, who will present the choir, middle school, class, or high school, etc. And we can see this challenge in First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. When people had the gift of prophecy and people have the gift of uh, speaking in tongues, and they were competing with one another, in a wrong way, and they were conflicting with one another. And St. Paul started to resolve this issue. He addressed this issue, and he spoke about uh, any gift in the church. I should think about it. Is it for the edification of the church or the edification of the person? So if this gift is working for my own edification or Unfortunately, sometimes my own ego should not take priority. And my own ego should not be addressed at all. And he explained how if I have the gifts of tongue and speaking in tongue, yes, I will be edified. But if I speak in tongues that you don't understand, all of you will not be understand will not understand. But prophecy, you will learn. That's why he said, he who prophesies is better than he who actually speaks in tongues. Which actually has a rule uh, yeah, uh, a rule here. And the rule is that the gift that benefits the whole church is better than the gift that benefits one person or, or a few persons. And we need to think about this when there is a competition between different gifts. Uh, how to see how to set them in the right priority. What gifts are for the benefits of the church and what gift is the benefit of the person or few people in the church. Again, we should not compete. We should not struggle with one another because of our gifts from God. Gifts are tools to edify the Church of God. The best description of, of gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. When uh, St. Paul said, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's the gifts. The gifts for the equipping of the saints. So the gifts here are tools, equipment, that the servants are using for the work of ministry and what is the ultimate goal edifying the body of Christ so Christ here is the contractor and who are the workers the gifts are the equipment that he gave me in order to build this church the body of Christ 
Can you imagine if a contractor send some workers and gives them the tools and the equipment they need, and instead of building the structure of the building that he wants to build, they start to fight with each other with these equipments and say, my tools is better than your tools, etc., etc. This building will never be built. Sometimes that's what will happen. We need to be aware of the goal. The goal for the the edifying of the body of Christ. These are some challenges, not all the challenges, but I like actually to uh, put some rules at the end uh, that I extract from all these challenges. Actually, I mentioned seven challenges. The first rule is love and humbleness. Any communication between us, whether bishop and clergy, clergy and some school coordinator, clergy with themselves, servants with themselves, if we don't have love and humbleness, it will not be profitable. St. Anthony the Great said, love and humbleness make the beasts submit to us. Means, if there is a person like a beast, if I deal him, I deal with him with love and humbleness, he will submit. Number two, second principle, the benefit of the service is more and has priority than my own benefit. My own benefit is actually there is an ego and self-centeredness and selfishness. If what is suitable for all the Sunday school servants to have their servants meeting on Sunday, but it's not convenient for me, so I can fight and fight and fight and complain and fight and complain and fight and complain to change it. That's not right. Because here you are putting your own benefit above the benefit of the of the service. As Sunday school servants, we need to know how to put the benefit, general benefit of the ministry above my own benefit. The third principle, second the chance, as we spoke about it. Give people second chance and third chance. All of us were granted second chance more than one time. And because of the second chance, we, where are we right now? Uh, number four, the willingness to yield. So we need to talk with each other. Try to come to a happy medium. Try to compromise until we reach a, a solution that makes everybody happy. As I told you, the heavenly wisdom is willing to you. Number uh, five, when it comes to dispute about theology or about uh, the doctrine and dogmas of the church, uh, even St. Paul did not يعني, solved it by his own opinion. Maybe his opinion was wrong. That's why he went to the council. There was a council. So before you saying he is wrong and I'm right, maybe you are wrong and he is right. 
That's why the idea of the council here, go to Abuna, go to Sayyidna, you know, have more than one person from the, the clergy, like Abuna, if you have two priests, the bishop, uh, you know, be involved in order to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and as I told you, some people make theological mistakes out of ignorance. So sometimes we need just to give them opportunity. Uh, number six, training and develop programs of improvement. And if some a servant is not dedicated, or you see any weakness in his service, try to treat him, try to find a mentor for him, or you mentor him until he improves. And the last point, if there is a conflict between you and one of the servants, or you and Abuna, or whatever, try to find a third person, a peacemaker, who is spiritual, who is actually making peace, or a peacemaker, who is neutral and is not taking any side. This can be another priest, can be the bishop, who, who try actually to solve the, the dispute. Like, don't let the, the, the tension uh, turn into cold war and passive aggressiveness, or you hold the grudges in your heart and you let these grudges grow and grow. No. Try to solve it. One time, maybe four years ago, not long ago, I went to Shalina and Baba Khumis, and I told him, give me an advice in the ministry. So he told me, if there is any issue or tension or problem, try to solve it in the same day. Because if you wait, it will escalate. And when it escalate, it will go out of proportion. Then actually solving it will be much uh, difficult. So if there is any conflict, and you try it actually, as the Lord told us in uh, Matthew 18, talk to the person. If there is a conflict between you and Abuna, talk to him. If it's solved, خلاص. If not solved, go. Bring two or three persons. Give Sayyidna, give another a priest, your father of confession. But don't let the, the tension continues and goes on and on and on and on and turn into a cold war or, a cold war or passive aggressiveness and you start holding grudges against each other. This is not helps for you, for him, for the service in the church. These are some thoughts and ideas about what challenges we can face in communication. I pray that it can be helpful. And also when you study and discuss the scenarios, you will find many practical scenarios that Sarnik or churches. I hope this also be helpful. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.